A recent study finds that 9 out of 10 evangelicals don't think the sermons are too long. I find this very interesting and I think there are some implications for those of us who preach. We're going to get into all that today in the Preaching Donkey podcast. This is episode 48. My name is Lane. I am your humble host. Welcome to the Preaching Donkey podcast. Typically, we talk about preaching, how to communicate better and more effectively, both sermon prep and sermon delivery, and we dive into a little bit of church leadership as well. Very excited about today's topic as it is directly related. We're talking about the length of sermons. I've talked a lot about this through the years, and my my thoughts have actually changed through the years of what is too long, what is not long enough, does it really matter? So I'm very excited about this today. But before we dive in, I wanna offer you something as a gift to say thank you for listening or watching. If you go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, you can pick up my free 21 day guide to creating killer sermons. This is a three week, three-step process that will walk you through how to create and deliver a compelling message. So whether you've been preaching for a long time or you're brand new to this and you're just trying to figure out where to start and what resources are available, there's something in there for you. So preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, go grab that there. And I just want to mention, if you didn't know this, there are two books that I've written on preaching. So if you want to kind of an in-depth look at how to write and deliver messages, go check those out. They're on Amazon. Just search for my name. One book is called Preaching Killer Sermons, and one book is called Become a Preaching Ninja. They're both really helpful, and I think you're going to like and benefit from both of them. All right, so let's dive into this. Nine in ten evangelicals don't think sermons are too long. This is Christianity Today, and they're reporting on a study that was conducted. So let's dive into it. Even with recent divides in congregants, survey finds high levels of satisfaction among churchgoers. This is interesting. At a time when pastors feel particularly under pressure because of COVID-related issues, here's some good news from the pews. Evangelical churchgoers are pretty happy with how things are going at their churches. Most don't think the sermons are too long. If anything, they'd like to see more in-depth teaching from leaders. This is something that is coming up a lot that people, particularly young people, are wanting more in-depth teaching from their preachers and from their pastors. That is really, really a good thing. Now, you could say it's a bad thing that maybe the teaching is not in-depth enough, but I think the good part about this is people are craving substance. And so there was a time 70s, 80s, 90s, maybe the mid-2000s, where the thought, the idea was make everything accessible, make everything as kind of neutralized as possible so as not to alienate somebody who doesn't understand or know or an unbeliever. So this was often referred to as the seeker-sensitive movement, and there was lots of criticisms and people that were a fan of it and people who weren't. And it's easy sometimes to look back on different trends within any type of thing, whether it's the church or otherwise, and to look back on it with kind of this smug, like, oh, that was so dumb. But you have to understand, these were people who were responding and reacting to the situation that they were in. And they were trying to make church accessible to people who maybe otherwise were left out of the process. So it was with good intentions that they decided to say, let's take out some of the jargon, some of the insider lingo, and there's things that we can still learn from that. But I think what we saw was 
a generation of pastors and leaders who kind of landed there and said, this is the way to do it. But then we have this new generation of people who have never known the kind of confusing lingo, jargon, high church that their other, that the older generation rejected. They never knew that. And now they're looking at what they view as shallow and they're saying, give me more substance. Give me something that actually is life-changing. In other words, what a lot of people are wanting is to be given the word. They want the word of God. And we see that a lot. So what's the lesson in there for us? The lesson is, while we are trying to do what we can to make what we're doing understandable and accessible to people and meet them at their level, like what Jesus did, and bring them along on their path, uh, on their journey to follow Jesus, while we're doing that, and that's all a good thing, you have to understand that in, in that, you cannot neglect to give them what they ultimately need and what they're saying they even want, which is depth and substance and truth. So those two things are not in opposition. Those are not mutually exclusive ends. You can be sensitive to where somebody is and at the same time, take them to the place that you know they want to go and where you want to take them, which is a deep and abiding relationship with Jesus. Those two things can happen at once. It's very difficult to strike that balance, but that's what we're after. They aren't bothered, it goes on, they aren't bothered by too many messages about giving. They don't think social issues and politicals, uh, politics play an outsized role in the teaching. That's according to a new survey of evangelical churchgoers in the U.S. The Congregational Scorecard conducted by Gray Matter Research and Consulting and Infinity Concepts. Around three quarters are satisfied with their congregation approach to various areas of church life and wouldn't want to change the survey found. Now, this is an interesting thing. 85% are satisfied with the length of the sermons and how long the service runs. 88% are happy with how often the church asks for tithes and donations. 74% like the style of the service, while the remainder are split between some preferring more traditional and some preferring more contemporary. Here's where things I feel like are good. In the last two years, so many pastors that I've worked with, that I've coached, that I've talked to, in my own experience, it's just been really hard to feel like anybody is ever happy with anything you do, right? Because if you make this decision, there's this half of this, half of your church is upset that you made that decision. So you go ahead and make that decision and this other part of your church is upset. And these things have always been true in the church, but they've been even more exacerbated with the pandemic because there's so much that goes into how you make decisions, who you follow, why you follow them, and no matter what you do, about half of the people are going to be upset with you. So it's easy as pastors to feel like this is an unwinnable battle, like you cannot win. So when you look at this and you say, wow, 85% satisfy the length of sermon. 88% are fine with how much you ask for money. 74% like the style of the service. Those are pretty cool things. So that's a good thing. And that may not be true in your congregation. Remember, this is a survey, so it's going to use a sample set. But you have to realize, just because a lot of people are upset, you could have 85% happy, but that 15% that's unhappy has a loud voice, and they want you to know the service is to this or not enough that. So I think it's good to take a step back and say, wow, the people that I'm in charge to lead and to shepherd, by and large, are actually satisfied 
with what's going on. The other part that you have to also guard against is consumerism, because it would be easy as a leader to look at this and say, okay, the goal is 100% satisfaction and 100% happiness. That is also a bad goal, because the goal isn't for the church to position themselves like consumers of products where they show up and you give your intangible religious benefits to them and in return some of them give money to keep the organization going. That's consumerism. That is not Christianity. Christianity calls us to a life of sacrifice and service. And so it's a tough line that we walk because if we're, if we're oriented around, well, I want everybody to be happy, and gosh, if 85% are happy, then I'm great with that. That can make us sleep better at night, but happiness is not the goal. Them becoming a more committed disciple is the goal. So how do we make sure that these things are happening? These are all questions that I feel like we have to discuss and we have to kind of keep at the forefront of our minds. But at least we can know that just because we feel like we're losing doesn't mean we necessarily are and doesn't mean everybody is upset with us. By and large, churchgoers are doing a pretty good job of giving evangelicals what they want to experience. See, there's more of the consumerism thing that I warned against. The researchers concluded, the survey focused on evangelicals by belief who attend worship services at least occasionally. Those who don't think sermons are the right length are just as likely to say they want them longer as they are to say they want them shorter. So this is a very interesting thing. And this is one of the things I wanted to kind of pull over and park. That the people, most people who, most people in the survey are satisfied with the length of the sermon. So you might think, okay, well, the people who aren't satisfied, they probably want the sermon to be shorter. Or you might be on the other side and you might be thinking, well, the people who aren't satisfied, they probably want the sermons to be longer. What they're saying is it's a pretty even split. So there's just as many people want it shorter as want it longer. Now, the reason why I wanna take some time here is because when I first started preaching donkey, this was in 2014, there was a trend going on in those days of pastors who were making a, a name for themselves, and those pastors were preaching very long sermons. A couple that stand out are Matt Chandler and Mark Driscoll. They would preach 50 minutes plus, 50 minutes, 60 minutes, sometimes 70 minutes. And so what I saw happening was a lot of young preachers who were kind of taking that on and saying, okay, hey, this must be the amount of time that you must preach. And so a lot of people were starting to preach 40, 50, 60, 70 minute messages. And at that time, my contention was that the longer you preach, the bigger, the, the more work that you have to do to keep people's attention and maintain it, because the longer you preach, the harder it is for people to continue listening. And that was a pretty controversial to uh, topic at the time, and I think it's probably still controversial as well. But where I want to correct where I was at that point is that I kind of was very firm on, you've gotta have a set time and it's gotta be, if you decide it's 35, it's gotta be 35. If you decide it's 40, it's gotta be 40. If you decide it's 30, it's gotta be 30. And I really pushed people towards shorter is better. And the reason why I did that was purely from a communications perspective. My contention was, if you can say it in 25 minutes, why take 40? And to a large degree, I still believe that that is the case purely from a communications perspective. But when it comes to preaching and you're trying to build out an idea, 
if you work on your communication and if you work on your ability to capture and maintain people's attention throughout the duration of your talk, you may be able to effectively hold their attention for much longer than 30 minutes, maybe 40, maybe 50, maybe 60, and that's totally fine. The principle still remains though, if you're gonna preach for a long time, you have to be effective at capturing and maintaining people's attention. You gotta be good at communicating. That's what we talk about here at Preaching Donkey. We've got courses on that. I've got a whole membership site built around that. So there's tools available to you because not everybody is a just naturally effective pastor, naturally effective preachers rather, because the, the position of pastor has lots kind of in it, right? You've got to be, you got to know how to lead. You got to know how to shepherd people. You got to know how to do finances. You got to know how to cast vision. Oh, and by the way, you have to know how to preach. And it's really, really tough to expect that one person can be good at all of those things. But if preaching is a part of what you do, then you have to be good at communicating. So one of the ways that I help pastors do this is at preachingdonkey.com slash sermon eval. If you want to get one of your sermons evaluated by me, I've worked with lots of pastors, got great results. You can go check that out, preachingdonkey.com slash sermon eval. I'll be able to watch your sermon, take a bunch of notes, and then we'll sit down and do a Zoom call. And I'll talk about some things that maybe you could work on to communicate better, some things that you're doing well, and give you some actions and takeaways from that session. So preachingdonkey.com slash sermon eval. Eval. A 2019 Pew Research Center analysis found that average evangelical sermon is 39 minutes. I fully agree. That sounds about right. 39 minutes for most churches that I'm familiar with sounds about right. While sermons in historically black churches tend to be longer, around 54 minutes. There's no single answer for the ideal sermon length, but Mark Dever told Nine Marks last year, a sermon should be as long as a preacher can well preach and a congregation can well listen. I, I think that's great. As long as he can well preach or effectively preach, what I just said, as long as you can communicate and the congregation can listen, I think you're fine. And if your church is used to 35 minutes and they do well with that, it probably wouldn't be the best idea to go 55 one day because they're kind of conditioned to listen to you for about 35 minutes. But if you want to preach longer, you could gradually move that up. And as you become a better communicator and they become more uh, accustomed to listening to you and you know how to keep, how to capture and maintain their attention for that long of a time, then it's totally fine. Gray Matter reported that few young churchgoers are bored with preaching. Just 10% of those under 40 want shorter sermons. This should be the most encouraging thing that you hear if you're watching this as a pastor, especially if you're an older senior pastor, lead pastor. Only 10% of those under 40 want shorter sermons. What does that say? That means that 90% of those under 40 in your congregation are either happy with the sermon length or they want longer. Of those 70 and older, 11% would like the pastor to preach shorter. This is because they can't stay awake. <laughs> They're falling asleep. They got to get to uh, the senior center to play dominoes. And younger evangelicals are the ones most likely to want more in-depth teaching from their churches. Younger evangelicals are the ones most likely to want in-depth teaching from their churches. Evangelicals under 40 are twice as likely as their seniors to want more substance from the pulpit. This goes, this backs up every trend that we've seen for the last decade. And that is 
the younger generations are craving more depth, whereas the older generations are fine with a little bit more shallowness. That does not mean that older people are shallow and younger people are deep. That's not what I'm saying. It just says that younger people get onto the landscape that they found themselves in where the church has been simplified and has been taken kind of down a few notches to become more accessible and they want more. They're craving more than what they're being given. This is an interesting quote. Virtually no evangelical churchgoers wish their church would lighten up a little bit. Think about that. We as pastors have a tendency to be very cautious about how deep we go. We don't want to be confusing. We don't want to be inaccessible. We don't want to bore people. We don't want to give people a seminary lesson, but virtually no one in our churches wants us to go lighter, but three out of 10 would like more in-depth teaching, right? So no one wants us to scale it back and three out of 10 want, want us to go a little more deep, according to Gray Matter Report. So maybe it is time some church leaders push just a little bit more in terms of the depth of teaching they are providing. Even after a year when some congregants criticized COVID-19 responses and churches saw deepening fissures over how leaders engaged political and social issues, most churchgoers still gave their church high marks in these areas. Two-thirds said the church had the right amount of political engagement. Two-thirds, that's pretty good, 66%. Those who weren't satisfied were twice as likely to say they wanted less politics in church, 22%, than to wish for more, 11%. For people who don't attend as regularly, once a month or less, Political messaging was the top thing they'd want to change about church. 35% said they want less politics. Evangelicals were twice as likely to say they want more engagement with social issues from their church than less, 19 versus 9. 72% were happy with how their church addressed such issues. Younger evangelicals, 25%, and African-American evangelicals, 34%, were particularly likely to want social issues to come up more. That totally makes sense. Younger people tend to be a lot more active in social issues, and older people tend, especially older pastors, tend to be a lot more cautious with bringing those things up. I think there's a lot here. I think there's a lot to learn from this. But the biggest takeaways is that number one, no matter how discouraged you might be right now, it's probably not as bad as you think. That's number one. Number two, your sermons probably aren't too long. That's an encouraging thing. Again, work on communication, work on capturing and maintaining maintaining attention. I think Mark Dever makes a good point when he says, as long as the congregation can well listen and you can well preach, you're good. If one of those things are off, then you've got to fix one of them. If they're not listening well, then you got to train them to listen. If you're not preaching well, you got to get trained to preach. Those two things are always there. And then finally, in-depth teaching is okay. One of the biggest things that you can do to enhance your preaching ministry is learn how to communicate in-depth topics, in-depth concepts in a way that people can grasp and understand. And this is why you have to really check to make sure that you're not just trying to be impressive. Because what I wouldn't want you to do is to hear this and say, great, I can get all my books out and I can preach on something that makes me feel great because it's so in-depth, nobody can understand it. That's not the goal. The goal is to say, if people want to know and do and live the word of God and they want to fully understand it, and your job as a preacher is to 
kind of stoke that flame in them and bring out that curiosity and bring out that passion, and you have a chance to do that every single Sunday, then don't hold back on that. Like fully lean into that and see what God would do. But don't just try to be impressive and confusing. Still understand where your people are and where you want to bring them to. That's what I get out of this. I'd love to hear from you in the comments below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Pandora, Spotify, wherever you might be listening, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to leave a five-star review. And if you haven't yet, be sure to go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days to pick up your free guide. Remember, if God can speak through a donkey, which he did one time, he can speak through you and he can speak through me. I'll see you next time here at the Preaching Donkey Podcast. Mm -hmm.